So swerve back into your own lane and dance your ass to the back of the line. Yeah, Swerve's house only exists in my world. Hello and welcome to another Sunday morning edition of Collision Catch-Up. My name is Aaron Grant. Let's try this again. My name is independent wrestler, The Standard, Matthew Grant. Uh, I tried to do that a few seconds ago. Did not go very well. No, so choked on himself. Yeah. I, I said it that way intentionally. Don't give me that look. All right. That's a good start to the Sunday morning. <laughs> um, yes. Thank you very much for joining us here in Nesting Me Radio. We are here to talk all elite wrestling, not only collision as per the show title of course rampage as well as tonight's AEW revolution pay-per-view that is absolutely stacked however when it comes to collision this week um very thrown together show and did not feel like a go-home show for a pay-per-view in the slightest except for the ending of the show which was just absolute chaos spoiler alert but other than that really like it didn't add very much I think, and this is this weird, um, I, I can't remember the word, but where either way is, you kind of get stuck either way. Because we've had previous times where we're like, the go-home show is so full that leading up to the go-home show, we actually don't have matches figured out for the pay-per-view. But in this particular case, like the pay-per-view, we were reading over what to expect and it's already absolutely stacked, like you said. That's so true. there really wasn't all that much that could be added in this collision to make a difference to how good the next day should be. That's fair. That's fair. Um, that's, yeah. No, uh, when you point it in that aspect, that's fair. I just feel like there should have been a little bit more, but Dynamite did a lot this week as well, mm-hmm. um, and there's only so much you can do with a certain amount, amount of hours of television a week, so yeah, fair enough. Um, that's that's kind of my takeaway from it, is uh, it still isn't the quote I'm thinking of, but you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't kind of thing. That's it, that's it. Um, yeah, like, uh, nothing that was, like, terrible on the show this week, I just felt like it was... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I guess not even passable, but just it was there. I was going to say it was a bit of a sleeper show. It was, it was not bad. I'm not going to say it was bad, but it was, it was, I don't want to use the word boring, but it it didn't catch our attention very well. To be fair, sleeper and boring are complete, two completely different words. They're two different words, but similar meanings. No, not at all. (laughs) What do you say sleeper is? Sleeper is like something you're sleeping on, like you're, like it's going to be a banger, but you're sleeping on it. Oh, you're totally right. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> no, no, when you use it in that context, you're absolutely right. Okay, my bad. Um, no, it was a little bit of a, yeah, 
I'm not going to keep trying to come up with words. Apparently, I, I've only had two sips of coffee so far. I need more. Oh, that's your excuse. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. 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 Right. How about we get into our top three <laughs> as we are just struggling to find our words this morning? Apparently. All right. Take it away. All right. My number three. Uh, once again, my top three, I think this week does focus a little bit more on segments as opposed to direct matches. Uh, but I will say just the whole match overall, but specifically the... Uh, entrance spot as my number three is the trios match that took place between the bang bang scissor gang members austin gunn and the acclaimed up against the dark order uh by that moment i mean specifically we got into it a little bit last week about how uh max well, caster kind of uh flubbed his flubbed his rap yeah so the complete like awkward moment last week where max got maybe like a line or two in and then completely just bailed and we straight up questioned i'm sure a lot of people questioned whether they were going to turn it into a storyline even if whether that was even supposed to be planned in the first place whether that last week thing was whole like if it was a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. story to begin telling versus it, just a little mistake that was turned into a story that they're now running with because Max goes to start his rap this week and Jay White just like goes to essentially hug Max as he's doing it, but like way too aggressively. So it throws Max off and it throws off the entire rap and you can just kind of see the dissension between the two groups, the, the annoyance in caster's face as he's trying to just like move on and kind of get into his zone but also brush off of like uh, i don't think he meant to do that you know like it is what it is it was a mistake but still that means two weeks in a row Mm -hmm. that uh max caster's rap has just completely flopped yeah it was a very interesting dynamic um it's not the direction i expected them to go for the breakup of the group but I mean, it's different, and it does give a little bit of potential because, let's be real, the uh, Bang Bang Gang, like the Bolt Club Gold, the the group of Jay White, the Guns, and Juice Robinson are super freaking over right now, and I think we're going to get to a point where the acclaimed are starting to be, like, get to that point where they're baby faces for so long that they're going to, people are going to start turning on them, and yeah. I think... We're almost getting to that point already. Oh, that's a good point. This could be a really good so you're going in a, you're going in a really good direction where you can elevate the Bang Bang Gang as baby faces while going in that same direction of the acclaimed being heels, which the crowd was already leading into, anyways. So I think you win at the end of the day with this feud. I know a lot of people were very frustrated that. Jay White is relegated to all this six-man stuff, blah, blah, blah. but it's just like you guys got to let the story pan out. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think the Bang Bang Gang is going to end up being more over than they ever were because of this feud. Yeah, mark my words, go back on this because sometimes you just got to let stories pan out. And I think right now, I I didn't get the story at first. I didn't really get why they were putting the two groups together, but. Now that I'm starting to really see what they're doing, I think it makes sense. And I think it's going to do both groups justice. And again, it just goes into that like AEW, uh, say what you want about them, but they can be pretty good at long-term storytelling as long as they do it right. And that's a very kind of delicate art form of where to 
draw the line and how long to stretch it out. But I like the direction this is going I'm in. really happy you made a point to say how long you drag it out because we looked at something like the devil storyline where it was mm-hmm. like, oh, that was cool at first, but then it just dragged out way too long. To it the it lost its or, touch. Yeah. Um, so that very good point. Then you got things like Hangman Page, where like his build to the winning the AEW World Championship that dragged out for you know well beyond a year. I believe it went like two years almost. And you see that progression, and it's like yeah, that was natural. That made sense. But again, it's all about certain storylines having certain I guess shelf lives is the best way to put it. Yeah, and I think it's also a lot of reading your audience. So maybe you have this really long-term, drawn-out plan, and then you start to recognize, hey, the crowd is starting to not be into this. Maybe we make some edits. Maybe we find a way to bring them back in again. Maybe we got to just take a quick left turn to throw them off. And it's a lot to do with the writing. It's a lot to do with, again, the storytelling and the planning that goes into this. And again, that's just, it's a very delicate art form. So I'm excited now. Uh, I think after this kind of little Easter egg being dropped in the entrance to this trios match, just to see whereabouts this goes. They were still victorious for the record. They were, and they had that moment. And uh, to his credit, Max brushed it off. He's like, all right, we're good. We're good. And carried on. Got back into the entrance, much like last week, where he had, he had to kind of take a minute to be frustrated and then carry on. And uh, by the end of the match, they were all still looking victorious, looking good. There was no visible dissension between them. But again, is it going to just... Have been this, that's a good one. The seeds have been planted. We're going to, I think, start to see this a little bit more and more here and there, yeah. if I was to make a prediction. Yeah. Um as we move into my number three for this week, and it was the final qualifier for the All-Star Scramble going down at Revolution. It was a triple threat match between Penta, Brian Keith, and Dante Martin. Um, I'll be honest, the result was probably the person I was least expecting to win this match, but I don't yeah. say that in a negative way. I think um, just with the momentum that Brian Keith has, obviously signing to the company a couple of weeks ago, Penta being Penta, he's just an absolute name in himself and then Dante being kind of a tag team guy kind of a stable guy right now I being honest wasn't expecting him to get the victory but like a banger match between the three guys and honestly like the closing sequence of that match too with the uh Canadian destroyer on the apron to Dante's frog splash on to Brian Keith for the finish like a solid smooth finish and sequence I I really really liked uh what the three brought to the table and that whole all-star scramble thing is really interesting. I'm, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll dive into it, obviously, when we get into the uh, Revolution rundown. But just an interesting scenario that honestly gave a lot of guys spots that probably weren't going to get them on the pay-per-view. So, um, But yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that a little later on. But uh, that was my number three for this week. I genuinely enjoyed what those three brought to the table. And honestly, really looking forward to Dante getting that pay-per-view spot. Shout out to him. I was going to say, I had the same thought of, like, of all three, that was probably my least anticipated conclusion of the match but honestly watching back on it this morning that last sequence kind of sealed it for me I was like honestly that was really fun to watch I'm excited to see if he can pull out the same kind of energy into this scramble match because if you can you'll kind of raise in my personal rankings I mean not only that but I mean the the scramble itself has been announced that the winner is getting a uh, world championship shot too so uh, a lot on stake there for the pay-per-view but 
Moving into your number two. Moving into my number two was our opening segment my for the match. Well. I kind of had a funny feeling. If it didn't make your top three, I would have been asking you a lot of questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I only say that because we we already, spoiler, we know that we share the same number one moment. Yep. But um, uh, the moment of Buddy Matthews making his entrance into the opening. Yeah, so uh, the, the show opens. Buddy making his way out to have his match, and Mark Briscoe coming out of nowhere, just jumping Buddy, and then two just going at it. Malachi and Brody getting themselves involved, and uh, Mark getting the best of them two, getting his hands back on Buddy. Um, there were chairs, like some really intense chair shots from uh, Mark, like just and it dominating. Went the, it went all over the arena. Um, Mark jumping off the stage onto Buddy at one point as well. Um, and then getting a hold of the controller for the pyro. Starts shooting off the pyro and then he realizes, alright, well, I'm going to throw Buddy's head right by the pyro. Goes to set the pyro off with Buddy's head right by it. Basically, burning by, uh, burning Buddy and uh, the security just absolutely swarms him. Uh, Buddy taking off with the rest of the House of Black on the stage and then Mark Briscoe just going pyro crazy and just setting out the pyro like a maniac. Well, and, yeah. the reason, well, already again, Mark Briscoe is a personal favorite of mine, but one of the biggest reasons why this had to make it into my top three was just that moment of like a pure light bulb going off in his head as he grabbed this controller, pressed the button, saw the flames. And it's like you saw the moment of sanity leave him and like, oh, it's All interesting right. because everybody that House of Black messes with both on the male and female side, we've talked about this already, it un- unlocks like a dark side of them. I mean, we're seeing it even on the women's side right now with uh, Willow Nightingale and uh, Chris Statlander. That's very true. You kind of have to, um, again, kind of lose some of your sanity. Go when you end dark up, places when you have to dig into the, the dark corners of your mind to match up with House of Black. And Mark Briscoe has had now a couple weeks in a row where he has succeeded in genuinely surprising them, which is oh, a yeah, hard moment last task. Week and then this week, yeah. Hiding, un- hiding under the ring, yep. like as the match starts. Yeah absolutely incredible that he's pulled off scaring them scaring them surprising them yeah no but really uh getting in the head of the house of black which that's really their thing playing the mind games. so it's going to be interesting to see where that goes um unfortunately no house of black mark briscoe match whatsoever on the pay-per-view which i'm kind of surprised about if i'm being honest with you but uh i am looking forward to seeing the conclusion to seeing what this has going forward because clearly Mark's going to need some help. FTR is doing their thing with the mm-hmm. Backpool Combat Club right now. So we're just waiting to see essentially who's going to be the backup of Mark Briscoe because there's clearly no way he's going to be able to do this on his own. He can continue to outsmart them. But at the end of the day, the numbers game is going to catch up with them. Yeah. I wonder if we need to see a couple other storylines kind of get tied up with a bow before we can move into who's available, who's or there maybe for him. storylines kind of intertwine themselves. I don't true, know. true. Yeah. Yeah, you never really know, but uh, clearly Mark's going to need some help. Yep. And I genuinely don't know where it's going to come from, so I'm really excited to see what happens here. As we move into the number one for both of us this week, and honestly, War Daddy, Wardlow has War gen- Daddy absolutely been killing it lately um the last couple of weeks he's been just cutting promos and going off and really staking his claim as an uncrowned AEW world champion and one of the like top guys and honestly i i 
don't really think there's any disagreements on my end. I mean, he, you look at the facts he laid out. He has beaten the current AEW world champion. He beat the former champion very, like, cleanly, very quickly. And then he beat the champion before the former world champion as well. Wardlow has beaten the last three AEW world champions. He hasn't received his actual shot at the AEW World Championship and now is being put into this all-star scramble, which was being promoted as madness. Unfortunately, Keith Lee and uh, Miro were injured. They ended up changing the match, and this is what the all-star scramble now has become. But yes, Wardlow just absolutely going off on Rampage, um, and it brings up Chris Jericho, who's also in that match as well, and them two just going back and forth, but honestly, I think Wardlow dominated this segment. I he I have never heard him so sure on the mic. I the like, confidence. The confidence and the true like power he held in that moment, especially for someone like Jericho, who is excellent on the mic too, but he was able to, I would say, out-talk him which genuinely impressive, especially when you look at someone like Wardlow, who's typically known as more of like a muscle guy. So it's really great to see that crossover into like, no, he can hold his own. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Um, Wardlow talking about too, like the world championship match. And that's what brought Jericho out was Wardlow kind of, I guess, and Jericho's eyes getting ahead of himself, bypassing everybody that's in the all-star scramble, assuming that he's going to win the world championship opportunity. And talking about the potential opponents for him in that world championship match, Jericho comes out and says, like, you know, you've got all these people ahead of you. Hell, Jericho himself being a former multiple-time world champion. A guy, who's Ocho. Been, a guy who's been the AEW world champion before being in that match and took some offense to that as well. So um, Hobbs ends up coming out, too, and laying out Jericho from behind to end off the segment. So it's going to be interesting how... Jericho kind of like it seemed like Jericho really didn't have a place on this pay-per-view prior to this whole all-star scramble match coming together which is interesting because he's like one of the pillars of that company and to see him without a match on the show would have been kind of an interesting moment like uh, a little bit surprising just it, it shows it shows the growth of the company to where it wasn't necessarily needed for him to be on the show um he's done a really good job whether people want to believe it or not, and building up some guys. Um, I know, and I'll say it too, like the factions he's been involved in, they haven't necessarily been the greatest. Some stuff he's been involved in has dragged out, but he has done a great job in elevating the guys that have been working with him. Um, there's no secret that Daniel Garcia wouldn't be a top guy without being associated with Chris Jericho. Um, I think... Jericho being the AEW world champion in the first place brought a lot of eyes to that company. So um, Jericho does deserve uh, to still be involved in the mix. And I think him being in this position to elevate guys like Wardlow, elevate guys like Daniel Garcia, elevate the next generation of the AEW talent is where he should be right now. So um, I hope he's not the guy that comes out with the victory in this match because he definitely doesn't need it. No, I really hope not. 
in fact, especially after tonight, I'm really, really hoping for Wardlow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I sit with the whole Chris Jericho thing, where he's in the position where he needs to be right now, and I think he knows that as well. Yeah. But, yeah, um, that is pretty much our top three for Collision this week. Um, let's run through the rest of the card. We'll do a quick run through of Rampage, and then we'll do, give you guys a nice rundown of the Revolution pay-per-view going down on pay-per-view tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had uh, recaps of Dynamite this past week where uh, Hangman Page ended up tr- tricking everybody, including Swerve Strickland, um, coming out on a crutch, basically saying that he was hurt cracking swerve and both of them cut promos in the back uh swerve basically saying no matter what happens he's going to become a historical figure and become the first african-american aew world champion and hangman page basically saying he did that because he needs to make sure that swerve does not become champion he'd rather die before swerve becomes champion god damn yeah things 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 are are getting real intense there real dark there that that mustache is really bringing out a dark side of (laughs) hangman page uh, Mariah May has a quick match uh, where she's victorious. Where to- Tony Storm comes out afterwards. Actually, I I let me rewind a little bit because in the match, Mariah May blows <laughs> Nigel <laughs> Nigel a kiss, and he literally falls out of his chair in excitement. It, it the was... power of Mariah May that she is holding, just waiting to be unleashed. Oh my goodness! Nigel is just a national treasure. I literally. <sighs> Nigel... I literally thought about putting him in my top three this week because of how much of a national treasure he is. He has made our top three before. He is easily my favorite commentator right now. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. So we had Tony Storm coming out um, at calling for Deanna Perrazzo. There was a back and forth between them where Tony Storm ended up kissing Deanna Perrazzo on the cheek, basically giving her the kiss of death. And uh, yeah, ended up in Mariah May just getting dumped by Deanna Perrazzo as Tony Storm and Luther taken off and Deanna making a uh, statement as well as Tony making a statement going into uh, tonight's revolution pay-per-view um, both very different statements in their own right but well just a side note of again just a shout out to detail of AEW as they're on opposite sides of the ring and Tony Storm remains in black and white and Deanna yep. Perrazzo remains in color just two very different contrast yeah very contrasting uh, competitors uh, to almost different stories being told, but coming together as one into what's bound to be a really great match. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we had Will Stat and Stokely in the back uh, talking about their match coming up with Sky Blue and uh, Julia Hart on the kickoff show for Revolution tonight. And an aggressive side of Will Nightingale coming out. Uh, she tells Stokely to stop with the apologies and, she swears for what seems like the first time. I was going to say, I don't know that I've ever, because they, they bleeped it. Yeah, yeah. They bleeped it, and she said, like, we'll kick their ass or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just like, Willow's usually the one calm, cool, and collected, but she's ready to go and ready to kick ass when it comes to revolution. So Calm, cool, collected, and quite bubbly and positive. So to see this side, it's another example of why uh, competing up against the House of Black can really bring out the dark side of some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Serena, Serena Deeb talking about uh, basically wanting the best. And if you think you can compete with the best, come to Deeb's dojo and I'll show you what's up, basically. So it seems like the foundation still being laid out for uh, 
Serena to be Mercedes Monet first opponent, first feud in AEW. So really looking forward to seeing what the potential of that is. Um, I think them two would have fantastic matches against each other. So, uh, and a great way to kick off Mercedes AEW run if that's the case. Uh, we had Private Party versus Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels. Um, this was it seemed like just to establish the relationship of Private Party with the Jarrett family crew as they go into a six man tag match alongside Willie Mack against the Bang Bang Scissor Gang on the kickoff show for Revolution tonight. So, uh, Private Party picking up the victory as well. We had Thunder Rosa picking up a big victory uh, enhancement match, kind of continuing her run at a potential championship opportunity in the future continuing to reestablish herself yeah exactly from coming back from injury and then the huge eight-man tag main event which was just all over the goddamn place as we <laughs> had uh the team of hook daniel garcia trent and orange cassie against brian cage christian Killswitch, and nick wayne um obviously to be noted as well daddy magic on commentary um all over the place Absolutely all over the place. Um, the finish ended up seeing uh, Killswitch pin Trent after uh, interference from the Patriarchy. Um, we had, again, chaos ensue after the match as multiple matches kind of intertwining to uh, brawl to end off the show. We had the Undisputed Kingdom come out and jump Orange Cassidy. Um, we had... Hook and I think Brian Cage going at it. Um, we had a bunch of stuff going on to which in the ring, we seen Daniel Garcia get set up for a choke slam by kill switch onto a chair. Daddy Magic stopping it and ends up taking the choke slam onto a, the chair himself. Um, so essentially taking him out uh, from potentially being in Daniel Garcia's corner against Christian Cage, which means essentially the numbers game is completely on the side. Of Christian Cage going into this match. Yeah, just a lot of again build up for the pay per view we are now going to be seeing tonight. So, big question in my mind, and I uh, I said it to you obviously off air. I'll say it here on air because I I truly think can't really have an AEW pay per view at least since he's been around without Adam Copeland. Does he get involved in this Garcia Cage match tonight? And what I personally think may happen. Is Copeland costs Garcia the TNT Championship tonight? Whether it's on purpose, whether it's by accident, I'm not too sure to be honest with you. But I truly think that we're going to see Copeland involved in that match tonight. So you're expecting like a heel Copeland turn? Potentially, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he goes for Christian. Christian gets out of the way. He cracks Garcia. Uh, Patriarchy takes out Copeland and then Christian kind of picks up the scraps. Interesting. Could be one of those. Or it could be Copeland's like, screw you for taking my opportunity because that match did go to a draw when we when we True look back on it. Patriarchy jumped both of them and ended in a draw. They ended up taking Copeland out. So Garcia ended up getting the match by proxy because Copeland was out. Yeah. So it kind of makes me wonder does Copeland come back and want revenge for Garcia taking his shot? I think that's going to absolutely happen at least at some point, whether it's tonight or if it uh, waits a little bit longer. But we were discussing it. I can't remember again if we've discussed it on air or not, but we have to see at least one more Copeland heel turn. 
Well, just and hopefully see Christian him. together. That's, like, and that's it. And honestly, right now, especially Christian is such a good heel. We we need to see. And it's no secret that Copeland's a fantastic heel, heel too. Like yes, yeah. his run in the past as a heel was spoken for itself. So to see them two together as heels in AEW. That I think they both need it one more time. Hard fantasy booking here, but that's that's what I love to see. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Um, but yeah, that pretty much does it for Collision. Let's run through Rampage really quickly. It's, honestly, wasn't a whole lot going on. We had Claudio versus Rugido. I'll be honest, I'm not terrible. Or I'm not terrible. I'm not <laughs> great. I'm terrible uh, with <laughs> na- name pronunciations. Um, Claudio picking up the victory, but then... Shows some respect to his opponent and then goes to like pick him up for a hug and turns into a low blow. The most interesting low blow I've ever seen because it was both like emasculating as well, <laughs> like to pick him up in the air like a child and then low blow him. Wild. Uh, we had Archer, Lance Archer, and the Righteous returning to Trio's action on AEW programming as they picked up a quick victory as Lance Archer making a note of his match, his inclusion in the All-Star Scramble coming up at Revolution saying, doesn't matter if it's Hobbs, doesn't matter if it's Wardlow, anybody who got out of the match, everybody dies. Um, we had Riho versus Trisha Dora real quick. Uh, Riho picking up the victory. We had a interesting segment between Ruby Soho uh, with Angela Parker alongside, of course, Soraya, Harley Cameron, and Zack Knight, the brother of Soraya, as it seemed like we were about to see the first official date of Ruby and Angelo. Soraya and Harley coming up. Ruby being like, what's up? Uh, Zach attacking Angelo from behind and uh, just an absolute brutal assault on Angelo by Zach. As... While the girls hold Ruby yeah. to yeah. say, uh, you're going to watch this happen. And they uh, Zach proceeds to knock Angelo out. And then finally, Soraya is saying to Ruby, you needed me, bitch. Yep. But yep. Very interesting. Um, again, no kind of follow-up for the pay-per-view, but I'm assuming going into uh, the next couple of weeks of TV, we're going to see that kind of fizzle Play itself out. out yeah um and then magnus versus matt slidell not nick aldis not the smackdown general manager but cmll star magnus taking on matt slidell for the final spot or i guess the second last spot at the time in the all-star scramble and magnus actually picking up the victory over matt slidell um big victory for the cmll star as he uh punches his ticket to a spot in the all-star scramble for the pay-per-view as we speaking of the pay-per-view i was gonna say as we get into our revolution i don't want to use the word rundown because uh we use that for rampage so revolution rev up wow i don't know wow. i i, I, I like alliteration i kind of want to quit this podcast i <laughs> look i like alliteration not good whatever okay so first we are getting into our uh two pre-show matches which honestly, at, least at, at least at the time at of the time recording, that uh, of recording looking, looking at the time right now it is 11 5 a.m eastern time so. and i believe the pre-show is set to start at 6 30 which is quite early if the pay-per-view is starting at eight so if that's but, the case we might see another match get added maybe even two but yes, yeah usually but, usually AEW 
pre-shows at least have three matches. That's why I made it a point to say at the time of this recording, this Fair. is where we're at. Fair. Uh, starting off with our major 12-man tag match between the Bang Bang Scissor Gang in all its glory. Uh, going up against Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, Willie Mack, and Private Party. Yep. A lot. Yeah, a lot going match. on there. A uh, lot random Willie Mac insertion as well, which is hilarious. They just me. needed a sixth. I don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, the other pre-show match, like we talked about, uh, we have Julie Hart and Sky Blue taking on Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. Getting into the main show match. Getting into the main show matches, uh, we've got Chris Jericho versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer, Hook, Brian Cage. Magnus and Dante Martin in that all-star scramble match that we've been making reference to pretty much the whole show. Uh, we have FTR, Dax Hartwood, and Cash Wheeler taking on Blackpool Combat Club members John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. We've got our singles match for the AWTNT Championship taking place between Christian Cage up against Daniel Garcia. Christian Cage obviously with Killswitch, Mother Wayne, and the prodigy Nick Wayne in his corner. We have the AEW International Championship on the line as Undisputed Kingdom's Roderick Strong takes on freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. We've got our singles match taking place uh, between two of Don Callis' family members, I should say, uh, between Will Ospreay and Konoski Takeshka. I w- I'm really impressed with that pronunciation. I read lie. it so many times over and over again because I know how it's pronounced, but I knew I was going to mess it up, so I'm actually really proud of myself. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, we have the Continental Crown on the line in a very heated and personal matchup as we have Brian Danielson facing off against the champion, Edward Kingston. Oh my, Edward! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he me. ever listened to this podcast and heard me call him Edward, he'd probably he'd find kick me. Your ass. He'd probably find me and backfist the shit out of me. So you I'm deserve sorry, it. I'm you sorry, deserve Eddie. it. Uh, we have our AW Women's World Championship Singles Match between Timeless Tony Storm and uh, Diana Perazzo. Uh, of course, got to do the dance. As we have the AW World Championship on the line. As we have it in a triple threat match, Samoa Joe defends against Hangman Page and my pick to win the match, Swerve Strickland. And then the final match of the career of Sting. Final match with uh, Sting and Darby Allen with Ric Flair in the corner up against the Young Bucks, and that being Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. Excuse me. We're going to get fined. You must refer to them as the EVPs. The EVPs. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to get that fine. The current tag team champions, Sting and Darby Allin, defending against the EVPs, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. In a tornado tag match. Yes, yes. And, uh, that uh, is to be noted because that means no disqualification, anything goes. And uh, this is the final match of the career of Sting. Um, it has been pretty crazy to see the reaction um even some of the videos that have been posted like um i seen players tribune posted a video a couple of days ago of sting just listening to voicemails of guys wishing him luck in the future and it was just really cool to even like his reaction to hearing his kids talk about it, it was like did, did you pay them to say this <laughs> <laughs> um it's crazy how the pro wrestling world is coming together for the retirement of sting and uh it's been very cool to see the run Sting has had over the last, what, three years. Um, he's got to do a lot of cool things. Uh, he's got to have a lot of great moments. And he's got to mix it up with a lot of guys 
in this generation that he probably would have never had the chance to do it otherwise. And AEW gave Sting the chance to put a proper bow on his career. And honestly, it was it was the best three years of like Sting's career that I can. Mm-hmm. When you put it in a row, like you you compare it to his TNA run, he had a great run in TNA. Obviously, prior to that as well with WCW with NWA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When you look at the body of work that Sting has put together in the last three years, the matches that he has, the moments that he's created, I truly think these are the best three years of the career of Sting we've ever had. And, yeah, what a way to go out, man. I know a lot of people weren't happy when it was the Bucks that were essentially selected to be Sting's final opponents. However, it's been confirmed by Darby that he wanted it this way. He picked his way to go out and yeah. Uh, yeah. What Probably a, a bit of out? a a bit of a thank you. If I was to uh take a bit of a deep diving guess of thank you for giving him this opportunity because unfortunately Sting is someone who's been screwed. I mean you look at his times. return to WWE. Um I just think of the WrestleMania match with Triple H where instead of making it about Sting's return, you had to make it into a WCW versus WWE thing, and WWE had to swing their dick and get the victory over WCW. It's just, it's those little stupid politicking things that shouldn't matter in pro wrestling that always do. That always that find level. their way through. And, and to see him have this run where he just got to have fun. Fuck, we got to see him jump off a ladder to the outside onto a table in Hamilton, Ontario in front of 4,000 people. Yeah, his age never interfered. He still just did those dumb things. So I that's why, all the more reason, I am absolutely stoked for this we match got to tonight. See old school Sting come out of the rafters this week on Dynamite. Like, how fucking cool is that? That's nuts. I'm so glad he got to do that one more time. And, like, and to be noted, he they also got the blessing of Martha Hart to do that as well, which yeah. is really cool. So, like, going He's... back going back around, like, Sting, I truly love what we've seen from Sting in AEW, and I think this match, we know anything about the Bucks, they're going to bring it. And at the end of the day, too, when the Bucks started AEW... They made it a point to say they wanted tag team wrestling to be in the pro, uh, like in the spotlight. And what better way to do it? Number one was Sting's retirement match. But number two, in the main event of the show for the tag team titles. It kind of all wraps itself with the bow. Puts a, a nice little bow on Sting's career as well as the Bucks mission statement when it comes to AEW. They wanted tag team wrestling to be prominent. Well, here you go. How much more prominent can you make it? So I, I'm really looking forward to Revolution. Um, on paper, potentially has the chance to be one of AEW's best pay per views of all time. Um, tonight's going to be very telling to the future, I think, of AEW too. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at the AEW World Championship situation where Swerve's hot, and I think. You could delay it and do it at Big Business. I know a lot of people are potentially anticipating that i think tonight's the night you gotta pull the trigger on the swerve with sting's retirement match what happens with the world tag team championships do we see the bucks win the championships tonight or do we see sting and darby retain in a potential tag tournament for those championships again going back to putting tag team wrestling on the map 
-hmm. What better way to do that than to have a tournament that solely focuses on tag team wrestling for the next, you know, couple of months leading up to maybe double or nothing? Do you get it out of the way and do it by big business? I don't know, but I, I truly think we do have potential to see the future of AEW shaped up in a different way starting tonight here at Revolution. So Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I have to say I just can't wait for tonight, honestly. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week's edition of Collision Catch Up. If you're catching this on Sunday, March third, before uh Revolution goes live, just a reminder that you can support great independent wrestling as Mustafa Ali is going to be in the house at Destiny Wrestling tonight, going one on one with my personal favorite wrestler in Ontario. My personal favorite to say that is the best in Ontario right now, and that being Gabriel Fuerza, El Diablo. Super stoked to see them two go at it. You got Von Vertigo getting his opportunity to take uh, the championship, the Destiny World Championship from Trent Seven tonight. A whole lot going down on that Destiny show. I'm going to be taking part in the Mustafa Ali seminar prior to Destiny tonight as well. So big shout out to Destiny and Mustafa Ali for hosting that. But yeah, um, you can catch me on all forms of social media. Matthew Grant, first days of four to catch up with what I am doing in the world of professional wrestling. A little bit slow here to start off the month of March. But man, end of March, end of April, into the rest of the summer, starting to heat up and uh, starting to pick up real quick. So uh, follow along with my journey in professional wrestling and keep up with what I am doing, whether it's as one half of the HWE Tag Team Champions or your current crossbody internet champion. I guess also to plug real quick before I kick it or throw it off to you to end off the show, Family Day Feud. I was going to say, we were Cross talking about plugging some uh, independent wrestling. Yeah, Crossbody Pro Wrestling Family Day Feud airing live on YouTube for free today. I guess not live because it already happened, but you get the point. Premiering on YouTube there today you for free. If you're listening to this after, it will be available for free via replay. So go check that out and go check me defending my internet championship in the season two finale against Rajon Husher and D. Smith. But yeah, that is it for me. That is it for this edition for Collision Catch-Up. Aaron, take it away with the close. And you can find me on all forms of social media at Aaron154Grant. See what I've been getting up to. And this has been Collision Catch-Up. Thank you so much for listening.